Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Celia here. Welcome to another episode of Pumped Up Parenting. I'm excited to bring you another parenting coach today, Danielle Bettman. She's a parenting coach from Nebraska with her own business called Wholeheartedly. She equips and encourages parents through one-on-one coaching to be the parent they want to be. She also runs her podcast, Failing Motherhood, normalizing the struggle and sharing vulnerable stories of feeling like a failure. And I thought it would be great to have Danielle on here because so often we parents do feel like a failure or we just feel like we're getting it all wrong and we try things and they don't work out and we're like, you know, what, what's, what's the, uh, What's the point? What's the thing we're missing? I look at other parents and they're like, kids are crazy wonderful and kind and considerate and they're listening and they're cooperating and where have I gone wrong? So um, I was excited to learn about Danielle's podcast because I think so many moms and dads out there feel like they're failing. Her podcast addresses moms, but I'm sure if you're a dad, you can get a lot of great information from it. And, um, you know, moms always just want to be so perfect and we want to make sure we have everything right. And when we don't, we take it so personally because we're the compassionate, caring ones that just care about everybody. And very often we forget that one of the main people we need to care about is ourselves. So um, I'd like to introduce you to Danielle. Danielle, welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited to have you here. So first of all, Danielle, would you tell us, number one, about your family, your kids, you know, their ages, things like that? Sure. I am married to my husband, Bryce, and we have been high school sweethearts, so we've been together 17 or 18 years now, I can't keep track anymore, married for 11, and we have two daughters. They are seven and six. They're 15 months apart, which I don't recommend, (laughs) but (laughs) thankfully they're both girls, so they've been able to share rooms and all the things, but they are in first grade and second grade this year, thankfully doing school and we're crossing our fingers that it's going to be a good school year. Awesome. I'm sure it will be. I know it's hard. I, I did the opposite with my kids. My kids are six years apart. Um, mm. So I kind of went the other way <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, of course, they're now 32 and 38. So they're grownups now. And, um, but, uh, and I have three stepsons that joined the mix. And they're all actually, I could have given birth to all of them. They're like inch like a year, a year and a half separated from each of them. 
Oh, wow. But um, the, uh, you know, the, it's, it's a totally different aspect. Having two kids so close is kind of nice. And as they grow up, it's, it's like twins almost like it really is because they're so close. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my sister had twins and, and she'd always worry about them. I'm like, and they'd be like 13. And she's like, I don't know if I should leave them alone. I'm like, they're 13 and they got, you got buddies. You got like a built in like buddy, you know, mm-hmm. with Lauren and Kyle, my kids being six years apart, you know, they, the, the nice thing was they kind of got to be only children for a while, at least while Lauren was in school. Cause she started mm-hmm. first grade when Kyle was born. So Kyle got this only child time, you which know, nice. that, yeah. yeah, which is really nice. And, um, but then they never went to school to the same school, the same, you know, there are different mm-hmm. things about it, but they're best friends now. I mean, they're, they're best buddies and, and your kids will be, you know, best buddies and girls, yes, all they are. Do girls weekends and all kinds of great things. I Me know. and my daughter, my granddaughter, we go away for the weekends together um, once a year. So we always have girls weekends. I boy made my son. We still go on dates and we go see every time a superhero movie comes out, we go see a superhero movie and have dinner together. His wife sometimes comes, sometimes doesn't, but that, you know, it never ends. It never ends. That closeness never ends. I do kid dates forever. I'll do them when I'm like old and gray, which I am old and gray, but when I'm older (laughs) and grayer. (laughs) So anyway. So um, I was intrigued to talk to you because I like that you do a whole podcast on this failing motherhood thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, one of the things I was just talking to my daughter-in-law about because she just had a baby is also when, when we're new mommies, you know, I, I tell her, you know, because it's such a shock. Mm-hmm. And I tell her that, you know, don't worry. I mean, I, I remember sitting there with my daughter, she's my firstborn, and going, what the heck have I done? Mm-hmm. I have lost my freaking mind. I have this baby seven days a week, 24 hours a day for the rest of my life. Like, yes. this, is, this is going to be an infant for the rest of my life. <laughs> it doesn't make you a bad mom that you feel that way. And no. I guarantee you every mother Every mother, I guarantee you at some point of time has felt like, what the heck have I done? I mean, I know when I had Kyle six years, six years later, I was like, what the heck have I done? (laughs) With this one, now I got this new one. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and there's, uh, it's so often that you feel like you're failing. You're doing things wrong. You're like, you know, losing your mind. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, something, something I wanted to ask you, hopefully. So anyway, <laughs> talk a little bit about that. While yeah. I, Failing motherhood. <laughs> so the podcast came from a survey that I did and I asked moms anonymously, what are your fears? What are the things that keep you up at night? And what are the things that you're afraid to admit? And I thought the answers would be a little more along the lines of, you know, fears for our kids' safety or, you know, the world and, you know, all the the things we kind of can't control. 
And across the board, almost unanimously, everyone said, I feel like I'm failing, but I feel like I'm the only one and I'm screwing up my kids and it's killing me inside because it's like, I can't stay calm and I can't be patient enough. And like, I'm just failing at all of this. I'm screwing it all up. And so when I saw that on paper, all of them feeling the same way, but feeling isolated and alone in that feeling, I was like, we need to talk about this <laughs> because yes. it is universal to feel that way because we have such high expectations. It's a very, very, very hard job that we've never done before. There's no training or manual and it just keeps getting harder. It seems like year by year without, you know, any of our support system or village being there and, you know, technology and things just making it even more complicated. There's so many variables that are setting us up for this failure feeling. And if we feel like we are alone in that, that makes it so much more exacerbated. So I wanted to put voices and stories and interviews out into the world that um, allowed moms to at least resonate with relating to another mom that said the same thing so they can say me too. But I also wanted to share the diversity of the spectrum of that feeling from you know, expert moms feeling that same way when they had to get a divorce and, you know, just feeling all the guilt and maybe not having a dad figure, you know, really deep seated failure feelings. And then, you know, just a mom next door saying, Hey, my kid's really picky and I can't figure it out. And it makes me feel like a failure. Like there's just a huge spectrum of uh, moms, like all parents feeling this way. And, um, you know, it may not just hearing a podcast about it may not alleviate all that hardship, but at least it makes you feel less alone. And then you'll be more normalized and ready to ask for help and seek out the resources and do a little more research and, and at least have hope that it can get better and that you'll um, continue to grow and get better at this job as we go because we just get so overwhelmed. Um, so we can't just, we can't stay there. Absolutely. And, you know, we always think, it's like everybody carries this front on them and you see in social media and there are all these pictures of these happy children mm -hmm. and you know and you always think oh look at these people have it all together yeah you know why am I such a wacko and I don't have anything together and and you know it's like in reality everybody feels that way but you know they don't know it Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know. Everybody screws up. We are all human. We yep. all make mistakes. We yep. can all say, I'm sorry. We can all have do-overs. You know, these are things you're allowed to do. Yeah. And, you know, and instead, so many parents, you know, because it's such a passionate journey, you know, yeah. they take it to heart when something just doesn't go right. And let's face it, welcome to life. When things don't always go your way. And yeah. the more you show your children that things don't always go your way, you, the better your child will be as an adult. You yeah. know, so it's not so bad that things aren't perfect. Nothing's perfect. You right. know, it's like I always tell parents when I, you know, when I'm coaching parents, I'm like, you have to remember actually the byline of pump up parenting is because we're raising adults, not children. They're mm -hmm. already children. So this path that you take them on has to prepare them for adulthood. And there are bumps along the way of life. There are bound to be bumps along the way of your parenting journey, you Absolutely. know, and, um, so, and, and especially, so yeah. right. Because you care so much. And, and this, um, 
this pandemic is really throwing a screw into it all, you oh, know? Yeah. And if we think we were failing before, let's add distance learning, trying to work full time at home, trying to clean up our house, trying to do all the chores, <laughs> trying to raise our children well. I mean, let's just put all that fuel into the fire. Yeah. And Not being able to see your friends or exercise right. or no get socializing. up. No <laughs> socializing. attacks. Let's just <laughs> add super stress into it so we can all really feel like failures. So, yeah. <laughs> and, Here we are. Um, <laughs> and you know, sometimes you just got to realize you do the best that you can. And honestly, one of the best, you know, I do a whole training on, um, on character traits you want to build into your children. And one mm -hmm. of them is you do the best that you can. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing the best that you can, you're doing great. Yeah. Now, now of course, that depends on how you're feeling. If you're sick, you're not going to do the best that you would when you're feeling at your optimum. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, all this is is really a learning curve and it's um it's great to understand that you know everybody's going through it everybody you can find the most perfect parents and i'll tell you they're not the most perfect parents you know it's like <laughs> you know i'm a parenting coach i've been a parent for 48 years no god 48 my daughter would kill me 38 years <laughs> god 48 jeez like mom gosh i'm gonna be 40 i can't deal with that <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, I think of like the mistakes along the way of that journey. And I had stepchildren and, you know, my stepson, you know, he went through jail, he went through drugs, alcohol, he tried to commit suicide. There is mm. stuff that happens along the way that you're going to feel like a failure. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, when I found my son and he had tried to commit suicide, you know, you you can't not think of i mean granted he's my stepson but he mm -hmm. lived with us mm -hmm. and it was like what what you know what did i do wrong what right. happened there you know yeah and he felt so badly that he wanted to you know end everything yeah and you you know there are times the best parents you know have these failing moments it's, it's inevitable and it's impossible not to have moments where you feel like you're a failure and you know like you're doing the great service of letting everyone know you're not alone you're not alone mm -hmm. everybody feel there's it's impossible not to in this right. journey of raising children you can read all the books you can do all this stuff you can read my book you can read everyone's book mm -hmm. and yet it may not work out for you right i could give people advice you could give parents advice and it's not always going to work you yeah. know it's how it's delivered it's how it's done it's the consistency it's all this so yeah. um there's no one-size-fits-all formula guarantee wrapped in a bow that no. you can have the results you're looking for nope <laughs> exactly exactly you have to do the best you can so why um we kind of discussed why they they parents feel like they're failing but do you want to contribute a little more to that yeah, I think that a lot of our perception of how we're doing is based on our expectations of what we thought parenting was going to look like and the parent we thought we would be. And then, you know, that does not line up with reality. 
Um, and that, that's a hard thing to cope through initially, just like making peace with accepting what life actually looks like as a parent and the kids that you have in front of you rather than the kids you thought they were going to be. Um, but then we also have these perceptions of the perfection of, you know, parenting and how it's going to go. And if we just do X, Y, and Z, then, you know, this is going to be the result, but we don't actually have control over our kids and their you know, personalities and the choices that they make ultimately, because they are a separate person with free will. So we make the mistake of watching them and grading ourselves using our kids as a report card and saying, oh, if like, if they're getting all A's based on their behavior today, then that means I'm doing a good job. No, (laughs) that's not how that works. So we can't correlate good or bad, um, taking complete responsibility for them because we could still be doing things like you said, perfectly enough. And, and it's just not, you know, it's not going, it's going one in, in one year and out the other, or it's not the way that it resonates with that child. Or, you know, there may be other variables from school or other things that are just going on with them. Um, that's going to affect them. So we need to be able to detach from that, you know, realize our expectations. And then really a lot of the, the failure comes from the things that we uh, don't prioritize because, ultimately we're trying to pour from an empty cup most of the time we're trying to be things for our kids and teach things for our kids that we haven't mastered yet ourselves and so much of the work of parenting is growing growing up ourselves and so if we if we're focusing on the wrong things we're definitely going to feel frustrated we're going to feel like we're not getting anywhere and so being able to have really healthy perspectives that say like, well, I'm only responsible for myself. I can only control my reactions. I'm going to do things that take care of me and make me proud by the end of the day. Then that's 100% going to overflow and and your kids will benefit from that. Um, But we just kind of line things up a little bit backwards because we don't know really what we're doing (laughs) and we're making it up as we go and we're just winging it and we're hoping for the best. And so that those things among all of the other pressures um, that we're feeling, um, you know, not really even understanding what's a developmentally appropriate expectation for a child's age and, you know, having way too high of a bar, that's going to make us extra frustrated and feel like we're failing, you know, just thinking that we can control their path and having a lot of fear and making fear-based decisions, you know, for our kids to avoid a certain you know, things happening in their life, that's definitely going to, you know, mess with that idea of how we're doing. So it's all, it's all interconnected. It's all a very big, messy ball of, (laughs) of our mental health playing into our ability to parent well and stay calm and do all the things. Um, But that is, you know, the universal experience of parenting. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very important for parents to remember and I, I teach my um, clients and my parents that, you know, follow me and everything. Often, I tell them often about the human brain. And, you know, the human brain doesn't fully develop until somebody is 25 years old. So if you are a parent and you are 20, 18, 22, 23, you don't have a fully developed brain. So, you know, imagine that child you're looking at, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of parents get into trouble because they're talking to say their toddler and they're expecting an adult reaction out of a toddler who really is working with half a brain. 
Like they're working <laughs> with emotions. They don't have logic. They don't have self-regulation. They don't have all those things. The reason it's harder for them during this pandemic, harder for kids to understand it is because they don't have the coping skills that we possess as adults. And, right. you know, that's a really big thing, too, is for parents to know what they're working with, like, and stop expecting their child to react to them as an adult would, because mm -hmm. it is not only not likely, it is impossible for that mm -hmm. to happen. Their brains are not wired that way. And it is our job to be teaching them how to respond, how to deal with emotions. So if parents, if they don't know how to deal with their own emotions, they're going to have a pretty hard time helping their kids deal with their emotions. So yes. I think, you know, a long look in the mirror as a parent is very valuable and um, being willing to take action on what you see and what you don't want to see out of your kids mm -hmm. is an important evaluation too. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so what do you think contributes to the feeling of overwhelm? Because that, and, and the pandemic now more than ever, mm -hmm. this is like the huge definition of overwhelm. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> if a parent doesn't feel overwhelmed now, that they're some kind of saint. They're, I don't know what they are. But if you're not experiencing overwhelm during this pandemic right now, with school's back in session or back at home or wherever your child is yeah. being schooled or attempted <laughs> to be schooled, and all the fear that, oh my gosh, my child's just going to get dumber. They're not going to get smarter. Uh, they're just yes. going to be dumber. I have work to do. They have school to do. I'm just going to lose my mind. Yes. Um, if, <laughs> if as a parent, you have not felt this one day or every day, I, I would want to meet you because <laughs> yes. you're, super, you're superwoman. You're Wonder Woman. You're, <laughs> I don't we think need that to have a Marvel exists. movie about you. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be the patron state of parenting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so talk yeah. a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and overwhelm, I think, is is the feeling we feel when we're thinking too many things at once that we care about or that are very high stakes um, to rel in relativity to what feels like a big deal. So, uh, you know, that idea of multitasking is not new, but now we are being pushed to extreme limits of what can we get done in a day, how many things can we juggle. How much can we add to our mental load and like keep everything afloat? And you know what? What I always go back to with parents is Maslow's hierarchy of needs and looking at that from your child's perspective and seeing if they are feeling safe, if they're feeling like they belong, if they're feeling like they have control. Um, all of these things we need as adults too. And right now, you know, some of those are really being triggered or in deficit because we. Uh, maybe ha are having financial difficulties or, you know, our, our housing is, is being threatened or, you know, the, the, we lost a job or like, you know, there's obvious eminent fear of getting sick or having a family member that's sick. So all of those things just exacerbate our ability to be able to handle the day to day. And so if we have our legs knocked out from under us from one of those areas and then still have an incredible amount of things to uh, finish and and handle and make decisions on, 
you know, we're just going to hit a wall. We, we are human. We aren't meant to make this many decisions, take in this much information a day and be able to process it in a healthy capacity. It's just not feasible. And we continue to think that it not only is it feasible, but we should be doing it faster, better, stronger, you know, as much as keeping up with the Joneses um, is still a thing. So I think normalizing that idea that absolutely everyone is overwhelmed right now. We are not going to be able to be everything to everyone and neither should we expect that that is the goal. Um, you know, perfection is not attainable. All of these things we need to like bring back to reality in order to be able to sort through how do we get through this completely overtaking overwhelm to know what things need to get done, what things can we just let go of, what things really, really, really do matter and what things don't. Um, we're not going to have the clarity for that thought unless we start really, you know, being able to take a step back. Yes, you have to give yourself some grace. I, you mm -hmm. know, and and I think you know, if we if we offer parents one message through all of this, it is to like give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. You know, take a break. Yeah. Let your kids take a break. Everybody, take a break. And and if excuse me, if you have a day where you, you wake up and you're like, you know what? I can't deal with it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a day off. Take a day off. Yeah. Things won't go horrible. Your children will still learn. They can grow up to be successful human beings one day. If you take a day off, mm -hmm. what is even worse on kids other than all of what's going on right now is if you enter into the picture super stressed, super high strung, because you're overwhelmed, because you're stressed, you're yelling all the time, you're screaming at them, that is more detrimental to them than giving them a break from school if, they, if you all just decide, you know what, we're taking a family day. Actually, we're gonna lay on the couch we're going to make popcorn and we're going to watch movies all day long. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's yes. some of the best medicine you can have. Put on comedies, laugh. I always end everything with laughter. It really is the best medicine. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. It will get rid of stress. It exercises your body. It's, it's, it, it builds all the energy in your brain to make you happy. It's, it's a great medicine and a mm -hmm. great stress reliever. So go have some fun, play yes. some games and allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to have a break and to get away from everything that's overwhelming all of us and our kids. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed, your kids are feeling three times the overwhelmed. Yes, so, because they you know, thrive off of our vibe. Right, exactly. They, you know, and you know, it, you just need to say, you know what, today, you know, maybe, maybe we work for a half hour, you know, after my heart attack, I spent really up until this week, last, the end of last week, did I really start getting back into all my coaching and everything mm -hmm. that I could. And I really, um, about three weeks after my heart attack, I just decided, you know, if I get one thing done every day that's fine. And if the rest of the day I sit down and I rest, I rest. Mm -hmm. And that, that was how I felt. And when you're feeling, you know, physically exhausted or overwhelmed, 
and you want to get something done, get one thing done and tell your kids to get one thing done. And then mm -hmm. the rest of the day, chill, because yeah. that will do you a much bigger benefit than all the stress and overwhelm will. So talk a little bit about um, the value of just accepting the fact that sometimes things don't always go our way and it's okay. It doesn't make us a bad mom. In fact, if we reach out and we get help and we get a support system and we reach out to coaches like you and like I, like, I, like me, that's a good parent. Yes. That's actually not a bad parent. So talk about a little about acceptance for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the resistance that we have that we put up against accepting some of these things is, is the thing making us the most miserable when we continue to, uh, you know, beat ourselves up or um, try to keep jumping up, you know, this wall that's unattainable. Um, and we essentially keep trying the same things over and over every single day, expecting different results. That's the definition of insanity. That's going to drive us insane. Um, so we really need to look at what we're doing and be able to say, it's okay. And, um, and be able to have the grace and be able to say, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm going to make the, the best decision I can make right now with the information I have at hand. And then tomorrow, if I get new information, I can change my mind and that's okay too. But we need to be able to have realistic expectations of ourselves. And when we do accept the fact that, you know, today there's going to be something that goes completely wrong, you know, like just knowing right off the bat, I'm going to expect that, you know, off the bat, like I'm going to know that I'm going to, there's going to be fires to put out. There's going to be problems to solve. There's going to be something new that comes up. And instead of being shocked and appalled when that happens, you can then just say, oh, there it is. That I knew there was going to be something and there it is. That then you're, you already have your game face of how you're going to try to problem solve through it. And you're going to be able to think clearly and you're going to be able to find better solutions in that moment. And so it really is a huge mind game. And most of what we're doing is trying to just have the right mindsets. And so, uh, and I, I went to uh, Al-Anon, which is the support group for families of alcoholics for several years. And that's one of the biggest things there too, is like accepting the fact that, you know, your loved one is struggling with an addiction and it's a disease and it's out of your control. And that like, you can drive yourself sick because it is a family disease because of just not being able to accept that fact. And once you accept it, then you can seek help, then you can move forward, then you can understand what's in your control of like what things you can do about it for yourself and your own health. And then that's when you do find healing and you, and you get better essentially. So I think a lot of the same um, techniques of, of how to just cope with life, um, you know, really do translate to parenting in a lot of ways because we are tasked with big things that we care about, of course, our kids and how they're doing. And we just care so much that we can't believe it when we mess up. But um, being able to say, okay, I understand that all parents fail. And today there's going to be problems. My kids' behavior is never going to look like what I think they are, but they will probably turn out okay anyway. Um, allows you to really just like take a deep breath, take some of those anxiety and fears off the table and be able to know of what, what matters to me, 
what things am I really going to track by the end of the day of whether I did them or not? And does that mean I'm doing a good job? Like really knowing what those factors are for you and then being able to just like take one day at a time, maybe even one hour at a time. Like I'm just going to make it until from four o'clock to five o'clock. I'm going to get dinner on the table, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, what you got to do. And the point that you made with, you know, really, um, taking control over what you can control. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, with parents, we spend a lot of time fearing fears that people put into our heads or the yeah. future. Whereas yeah. kids live right in the present. You know, yep. they're like, this is it. You know, today I don't want to do my homework. <laughs> and then as a parent, you're thinking, well, if you don't do your homework, you're not going to college. Right. Really? That's not really so because I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people that have gone to college and graduated have had times where they haven't done their homework, even in college. I know I did not do all my homework oh, yeah. in college, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's an unrealistic fear, which most fears are. And if we can remember to control what we can control, it's like when I work with people of separation and divorce, because of course I've been there and, you know, mm. that's one of my coaching, you yeah. know, specialties, you know, a big thing with parents like that. And, you know, is that they worry about what goes on in their ex's home mm -hmm. while their ex is, you know, doing this and they're doing this and they're not giving them responsibility. They're not. When really, hello, you have no you have no control over what goes on in your ex's home. Mm -hmm. you, you don't live there. You're not there. You're not married to them. You can discuss all nice and sweet. Okay, this is what we're going to do as parents. And then those kids can go to that house. And who knows what goes on? Right. Not your house. So it's you so worry about it accomplishes nothing. Better right. you should take your home with your kids under your control and make it the best for those kids it can be. So you're filling them with all the seeds and morals and the, uh, the um, truths that they need to grow up to become miraculous adults. Mm -hmm. And all that goodness that you build into them, they will take on their journey to places that may not be working out so great for them because yep. you have planted those seeds with, within them. And that's what you have to focus on. And your yep. flexibility, your persistence, your I'm going to do the best that I can are great things to show and demonstrate and teach to your children. You know, Wonderful because, things, yes. Because you're their role model. Right. So being crazy, not a good role model. <laughs> being like, flying off the handle and yelling, you know, I'm on this mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Mm -hmm. Not a great role model because you yelling and you exploding is teaching them how to react to those emotions by yelling and exploding back, which is why right. it just turns into big yelling matches. But you have to be that role model that gives them the best that you can do. And if there are mistakes along the way, one of the great gifts you can give your kids is to have mistakes and not stress them. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it's a mistake. So then we plan a new plan. We, right. you know, tweak it. We do something different. It's not the end of the world. 
And yes. so many kids today, because parents are so worried about pleasing them and pleasing them and making their life happy all the time, are not learning disappointment. I always tell parents, you need to exercise two muscles in your kid's body, the disappointment muscle mm. and the waiting muscle. I own a kid's fitness company. Those two muscles are more important than the other muscles because mm. they have to know that disappointment is not the end of the world and waiting delayed gratification is mm -hmm. a really great thing. Mm -hmm. You know, plant a garden, do family projects. This is a great time during this pandemic to do things together and yeah. be silly and make mistakes and replan and, you know, do all that stuff that needs to be done. So we're all feeling, you know, like, hey, we're doing the best we can here. Yes. And we're learning from each other. Yes. So. So anyway, so that was my little rant. <laughs> it's so important. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes this head just goes, you know? <laughs> um, so anyway, so Danielle, if you would please tell everybody how they can listen to your podcast, how they can reach out to you, mm -hmm. how they can, you know, learn more about you and your wonderful um, advice for parents and coaching. Yeah, my website is parentingwholeheartedly.com. And that's where you can find everything about uh, you know, virtual coaching and um, find a resource for big emotions and some things like that. And my podcast is called Failing Motherhood. And that you can find on any podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. It's there. You just have to search it. And uh, I have 20 episodes now of just all interviews with um, moms from every walk of life. And you can find one that resonates with you. And, um, and I'd love to just help parents really just feel not alone and know that there are things within their control they can change. And when they feel better at those and they feel proud of themselves for those things, that is the goal of parenting. It's way more about the parent than it is the kids. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be called childing probably. So exactly. um, yeah, com. Love it. Well, I'm really grateful that you came on and talked with me today. And I know the listeners are also super grateful to hear all your wonderful advice. And guys, you know, if you want to talk, you know, just reach out to me, hit my schedule. You can have a free hour. Go to talkwithcelia.com and listen to more great episodes on Pumped Up Parenting. And don't forget to visit Danielle's podcast as well. Uh, because there's lots of great stories of people that are feeling just like you because you are not alone. Yeah. So thank you so much, Danielle. And uh, thank for you me. to all our listeners. We appreciate you being here. And here's wishing you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. It really is the best medicine. We'll see you here next time on Pumped Up Parenting. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I hope you found some great advice and some interesting topics that really make your day and help to make your family the best it can be. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook and get more patience and more joy in your life and in your family's life. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that all of you can blossom from. Bye-bye.